0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson. Today, we're going to dust off an old segment the case used to do called Around the Division. Vision. I have, all, have the all the fancy, fancy sound, sound effects. Sound back, 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 that's as close as we're going to get today. Lions fan. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is The Detroit Lions Podcast. So I'm just going to do this alphabetically, although it does also work out in reverse order of quality. So if you want to look at it that way. Let's get rolling with Chicago. Uh, their GM, Ryan Poles, recently said he believed he had filled 75 to 80 percent of the team's holes this offseason. If you'll recall, they had enough holes to get the first overall pick, which they you know then traded because they think they have their quarterback. We'll see this year, I guess. We will find out whether or not they do. Uh, they did add to their offensive line. Uh, they signed Nate Davis and Dan Feeney for interior help, and they uh, drafted Darnell Wright with the 10th overall pick. Uh, to play tackle. Uh, But one of their guards, Tevin Jenkins is going to miss the first four weeks of the season uh, on IR at least. So their offensive line is better, but not probably that much better. Like they were terrible last year, but maybe, maybe they get back a little bit closer to the league average in quality, which should, should give them the opportunity to, to see what they have at quarterback at least. Uh, because they did give up 58 sacks last year, but the bad O-line wasn't the only reason why. Ryan Pulse has come out and said that the Bears never actually had any interest in trading receiver Darnell Mooney. And to be blunt, that rumor never did make any sense that they were looking to do that. Uh, the Bears' receiver room was basically empty last year. Like, that's trash. Like, Amon Ra's older brother is still on that team. He's not that good. Bluntly, that tells you how good that room is. Uh, He's one of those players where when your team gets good, he probably won't be on it at that position. Uh, But the Bears need more, not less, NFL caliber receivers if they want to get a view of what their young quarterback is. And on that note, polls has said that this offseason, the biggest source of growth he's seen from Justin Fields was in how much he's trusting his receivers to go make plays. It's amazing how much more your quarterback trusts his receivers when they're not complete pieces of garbage at the position fields is a ball holder, which did contribute to those sack numbers. And part of why he holds the ball is that his receivers weren't getting open. Although that was still a little bit of an issue at college. It tends to be for Ohio state quarterbacks. That's just kind of how they run their system is just wait for the first read to get open because he's going to get open at Ohio state. Uh, But in Chicago, his receivers haven't consistently been where they're supposed to be. They're just not getting open, so he doesn't throw it. Uh, We'll see if that changes this year. Hopefully for the Lions, it does not. My favorite thing about the Chicago Bears offseason, and this is as a Lions fan, not as a generic prognosticator about the NFL, was the waving of Travis Gibson. In 2010, for those of you who don't follow the Bears as closely as you follow the Lions, Gibson was a solid solid contributor for the Bears, uh, logging seven sacks in about 500 snaps at the age of 24. That's the kind of player you might consider trying to build around a little bit, uh, because that's a good number and a nice age that fits into your rebuilding window quite nicely. Uh, you guys might remember last year, ancient history of course, uh, but the first half of 2022, when the Lions were putting Hutch's hand in the dirt all the time and making him be their big defensive end on the left side of their defense. In the second half of the year, they let him stand up a little more often, which is something he's more comfortable with, and he took over some games from that position, a position that frankly didn't really exist at the beginning of the year. Well, with this move, the Bears have basically just told us they're not interested in doing things like that, They waived Gibson, according to polls, because he's a bad fit for Matt Eberflus's scheme. He only had three sacks last year as a hand in the dirt defensive end in a 4-3 based scheme for the Bears. In 2021, they ran something more similar to a 3-4 style two gap, which let him stand up and, and rush the passer. Um... With any luck, the Bears are going to continue to misuse their talented young players by forcing them into boxes that they don't fit, and then blaming the player for not being box-shaped enough. That's how you fail in the NFL, and we've watched a team make decisions like that in Detroit for two decades before 2021. So Bears fans, if you're listening, as a person who has seen this before, I couldn't wish it on a better fan base. Honestly, if the Lions didn't have James Houston and Julian Okwara on the roster already, I might be advocating a, a waiver wire claim for Gibson. Uh, there are also conflicting reports about him saying that they gave him permission to seek a trade at his request. And he has come out and said that he never requested a trade or permission to go look for one. So this bears off is going super well. This doesn't sound familiar at all. Does it like the bears? did get more explosive at their skill positions, creating receiver depth from the top and the bottom, bringing in DJ Moore at the top and drafting uh, Tyler Scott in the third round at the bottom of their depth chart. Uh, On defense, they spent a pile of money on off-ball linebackers, bringing in Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards for a combined over $20 million per season. They're starting a second-round rookie in Tyreek Stevenson at corner, and as pass rushers, they brought in Yannick Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker, who are not terrible. That's that's when. So when Paul says that he plugged the holes, he he doesn't mean that he has permanently fixed the problems. He means he has brought in players who are not as bad as the guys they had last year. That's a not-so-fine distinction between those two things. We have watched so many GMs come in and just fill the hole with literally anybody. But I'd say this was more of a Bob Quinney type off season than a Brad holmes type type offseason if that makes sense. The Bears look less terrible than last year, but they're still the fourth best roster in the division and I think that's not close. This offseason really reminds me a lot of the patricia Arrow Lions, where if you squint really hard, you can see something that looks like an improvement, but the shuffling of players in and out might not make much of an actual difference in the result. I feel like the Bears improved, but their ceiling, barring an incredible lucky run, is probably around six or seven wins, and their basement is getting to draft one of next year's top quarterback prospects by being in the top five in the league. So how about Green Bay? I don't know about you guys, but I've heard rumors they may have made some kind of change at the quarterback position. Someone might have mentioned it once somewhere. And Love has looked pretty good in the preseason. I'm not going to lie. I was high on this guy prior to the draft. It makes me sad how often the Packers draft my guys. I, I wish that I didn't hate that color combination so much, but I do would have been a nice life to have just been a Packers fan this whole time. But sadly, 12 year old me have made some questionable choices. So loves look pretty good, but it kind of remains to be seen whether that's going to hold up at all. Once the bullets are live, nobody's been scheming for his weaknesses, which we don't really know exactly what they are yet. Um, uh, So he may have a a nice first quarter of the season before teams get tape on him and then we will see where the rubber hits the road on the Green Bay Packers season. One reason I think they might run into some problems is that they don't have any wide receivers on their 53-man roster right now who have been in the league for more than a year. Like, I really like the players that they have individually. Uh, but Christian Watts and Romeo dubs and Samori Touré were were drafts, draft picks from the 2022 draft. And then Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and and Heath Malik. Uh they're all rookies this year. So whether Love can play or not, that is a tough ask for any quarterback. Like that is almost entirely first year starters. Is, is what they will have because like you throw on top of that, that their top two tight ends are Luke Musgrave and Tucker craft who were drafted this year. And, and, and you have to wonder like, is the plan to have the offense tank? Not because they're not good, but because they're young, because there is an absolutely no way that if you were drawing up a rebuilding process, you would have at this level of a complete lack of veteran presence at the skill positions. Running back, accepted. I mean, they tried to pick up Jonathan Taylor. Apparently, that was a report today. Uh, they were one of the teams that shot the Colts some lowball offers in that direction. They also have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, so they have really good running backs. And, and like I said, I do like their receivers. Luke Musgrave was my number one tight end, and I, I don't have the list in front of me, but I I know Tucker Craft was in my top five. I, I really like the people that they've drafted, but I think they'll be really good a year or two from now. And this year is very likely going to be a train wreck in the air. When teams kind of figure out Jordan Love, that's that's if they do. Maybe he comes in and he lights the world on fire and then retroactively my take on him in that draft looks really good. But I'm, I'm hoping yeah, it's a tire fire and he's awful, but not quite awful enough for them to get into that top five pick range. It would be really nice if they were picking around 11, 12, something like that. So at least if they did get up for one of those quarterbacks, they had to give up three or four first round draft picks to do it. That's my ideal for this team. Uh, The defense, on the other hand, is probably going to be pretty solid. They added Lucas Van Ness to Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Kingsley and Igbare, which gives them a pretty decent group of pass rushers. Like Van Ness is raw, but bull in a china shop, man, that guy is going to cause some problems for some teams who can't deal with power rushes. Uh, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker are a good off-ball linebacker duo, but There is hope, Lions fans, because the Green Bay Packers secondary has given themselves a nickname, and as we all know, that has a virtually 100% rate of leading to being a terrible secondary. So welcome to Strap City, Green Bay. Let's see how this goes. I can kind of see the Packers going either way based on how well Love plays. Uh, He's the number one catalyst in the difference between 6 and 10 wins for this team. If he's good... They're going to be a problem. If he's not good, then there is no problem here. And finally, the Vikings. They signed TJ Hawkinson today to a market setting contract for a tight end. And I could not be happier that they have allocated that cap space in that direction. I like Hawkinson. He's a good player. But he's not a dynamic, game-changing kind of player. He's just a solidly consistent on every single down kind of player. They drafted Jordan Addison this year. Rookie receiver might be good, might not. He's a route runner type guy. There are some legal issues pending, as I recall. And they already had Justin Jefferson. So in terms of their pass catchers, they've got a very playable group that they'll be using this year after seeing how badly that was working for them in the first half of 2022. I'm not very excited about how quickly they were able to turn that over and get it to something that looks pretty decent. Uh, As far as running backs go, Dalvin Cook's gone, uh, but the guys they do have are all competent. Like That's that's the route they've gone. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings are in this division, at least, kind of a poster boy for the big brain analytically minded folk. Uh, they they move back in the draft and pick up more picks. Uh, they invested at the tight end position. They got rid of their high priced running back. Uh, that tells you what kind of NFL fan is going to enjoy this team's moves. On defense, they brought in Byron Murphy to shore up the corner spot, but other than that, they're leaning on first and second year players. And if they regress, that is probably the reason why. Because it's it's tough right now to conclusively say anything about three starting players that have under 500 snaps collectively. Uh, the, the corner spot's a complete wild card for the Vikings. If these kids are not good, this team is screwed. And we will all be rejoicing as fans of the Detroit Lions. Uh, they did bring in Marcus Davenport, who could be a problem off the edge across from Daniel Hunter. That's, that's the the big defensive changes. Just young guys getting older. Lewis Seen is back from, from Georgia, uh, but who knows whether that's a plus or a minus. Our lads doesn't have him listed as a starter right now. We'll see if that is accurate. Uh, he was one of my favorite safeties in last year's draft, so I, I suspect if he's not starting soon, I should say if he's not starting immediately, he should be starting soon. We've all seen the reports all offseason detail and all of last season detailing how unlikely the Vikings record was last year. But like it or not, they did find a way to win all of those close games and their veteran core is the same group that stepped up and did that. I, I still think they're the best non-Lions team in the division and it's not really close. It would shock me if they didn't win nine games. They didn't exactly run it back, but they shuffled the chairs more than they actually added kind of in a similar way that, that Chicago did, except from a much better position. Like they brought in Davenport, but they lost Alvin Tomlinson. So they lose a lot of like run stuffing ability, but gain some pass rush in that player in player out combination of guys like they brought in Roby, but they lost Patrick Peterson. Though that one is definitely an upgrade. I think the defending division champions are the toughest out in this division for the Lions uh, because their primary roster hole is in the secondary, unless these rookies are amazing. But do the Lions have the receivers to make that a problem for the Vikings? We're finally w- less than a week away from beginning the process of finding that out. One last thing before I go for the weekend. You have today, this one day, to sign up for Detroit Lions podcast fantasy football, we will be leaving the store open until the n- current league is full at each level. So there is one Champions League, unless it filled up before this dropped, and one Intermediate League. And whatever spots are left in that, that's all we're selling. You guys have been great. We have more leagues this year than we had last year. The drafts are on Sunday. That's the daily DLP for the week. See you next Tuesday. Let's bring it in here together. Come on, let's go, let's go Come on, baby. Lines on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.